This is Mentally Dope. Join us, Charmaine and Jasmine, two Black licensed therapists, as we build a bridge between mental health and Black culture. Come on. It's going to be dope. What's up? We back. Welcome back. Welcome back to Mentally Dope. Why are you looking at me like <laughs> It's too much pressure. Okay, okay. So to, on today's episode, I wasn't ready. I swear, on today's episode, we're talking about microaggressions. <sighs> Let's talk about it, guys. It's yeah, I mean, just can you there's explain to us so much. What a microaggression is. I can give you the definition, but no, people, this is only like the smallest bit of microaggressions. There's so much to this. They are feel like a big part of a lot of different things. So just this is the first installment of microaggressions. I'm going to give you the definition, okay? <sighs> Microaggression is a term used for commonplace daily verbal, behavioral, or environmental slights, whether intentional or unintentional, that communicate hostile, derogatory, or negative attitudes towards stigmatized or cult- culturally marginalized groups. So it's a lot of stuff. So examples of microaggressions that you've heard are, well, we black. Uh, did y'all know that we black? So <laughs> for us, it's a little bit different, and there's different types of microaggressions based on different people of different races and different abilities and all of these things. But for me, who I feel like who hasn't grown up with some kind of microaggression? Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, we'll go to hair at another point. But just like you're so. Articulate. My I goodness. I know that she was going to speak so well. Yeah, she speaks really well. Yes. What's going on with that? What's I don't with that? see color. That's not the way that I see things. That makes my eye twitch. Like, when I, I hear never, that being said. I've never had problems in those spaces. They don't treat me like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Does everything always have to be about race with you guys? Is that why does their voice sound like that? <laughs> I mean, I knew I had to say it because it was gonna be me. It wasn't you. You <laughs> know, we know what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? What is like? What have you experienced? I mean, definitely like all of those. Then, not to mention, like you said, sometimes it's the hair. Your hair looks so pretty when it's straight. Yeah. As opposed to what? <laughs> Your hair looks. Oh, good today. What did you do to it? Oh, let's not even talk about, like, as a professional, like, the extra questions that I get sometimes of, so what school did you go to? How long have you been doing this? Mm-hmm. Ugh. And like we microaggressions don't have to just be words. Mm-hmm. It also said environmental stuff. So I, when I used to go to court a lot, as a professional therapist, there would be lots of people, usually men, usually older men, mm-hmm. who, if I would come with my, my case manager or something, they would look at him and be like, oh, you're the therapist, right? And I'd be like, well, it's actually me, but I thank you. Yeah. Or like, you're not the professional. This person is a professional. Definitely the man or definitely the white man if I was with one, right? It definitely can't be you. Yeah. I mean, I was automatically, I was automatically yeah. the tech. Oh, so like, are you the tech here to see me? Mm-hmm. Nope, I'm the therapist. No. One of my friends posted something the other day that was really funny that was like, 
if your nurse walks into the room and introduces themselves as your doctor and like a whole bunch of different things at the end it was like they're probably your doctor and not your nurse right of just like our brains are so attuned to look for I don't know whatever we think is true or whatever we've seen a whole bunch of times Mm -hmm. and like that definitely impacts the microaggressions yeah so what exactly like what does that do to us as as black Mm. individuals who have dealt with a lot of these microaggressions these comments like you said sometimes even gestures we know what it feels like to be followed around stores or for people to like you know Mm. honestly tell us and and not other people to like you know you can't have a large purse or Mm -hmm. you know all of those things Mm -hmm. what does that do to us as a people i mean we don't even have the time to tell it all but little by little even if it's small like the things that we're saying are small and i also feel like when people say them in their hearts, they don't necessarily always have bad intentions, mm-hmm. but every small thing, right? To think about a kid, a little black girl, right, who wakes up and goes to school, like if by the end of that day, that person has already experienced, what, 50 microaggressions mm-hmm. or more in their environment, in the words of the people around them, and all of the spaces that they've been in, like it's What's a good word for that? It's like grinding. It's like chips away at you, mm-hmm. at your self-esteem, at your personhood, at like all of the internal stuff that young people need, or any person needs to feel good about themselves. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. it, it has a way of just like dissolving that in a person little by little by little mm-hmm. that we can't always see. Yeah. And I love the fact that you pointed out the idea of self-esteem because like in that, that does seem to be like one of the biggest ones when when we as black individuals are dealing with racism and these microaggressions and these things of that nature, how hard it is to be resilient and be able to stand through that and say, no, I'm still amazing. Because how amazing do you feel after being told all of these things? Mm-hmm. Like, or, or after having these weird moments where you feel like other. Othered, like, yeah. yeah. That's the way that I put it in my yeah. mind. Othered. Like, is there anything that makes you feel othered from everyone else? Yeah. And it's not always, like, verbal, like mm-hmm. you said. Like, just the environment going to a school that's maybe predominantly white, mm-hmm. and you're, like, the only black kid there. That's that's how I grew up. Mm-hmm. Like, I was the only one, my brother, and maybe, like, one other black family. Yeah. Right? And there wasn't, there were some things that people said to me, but it was more like, this really isn't a space for me. Really, these people don't get it. Too, because like you know, we we continue to deal with that into adulthood, and as we can try to be professional and into professional spaces, like you know, we know how it feels to go into a training and look around the room and be like, okay, so there's two of us Mm -hmm. today, if any, yeah, out of the other eighty people in in this room, and then you know, like you know, figuring out how do we fit within this space. It's so easy sometimes to say like you know take up space and like show up and be you and show out but when you're dealing with all of these internal mm-hmm. microaggressions and, and all of these internal thoughts there is that part of you feel like all right I need to articulate all of my words I need to make sure that I don't use slang terminology I need to make sure that I sit up completely Ooh. straight I need to make sure that I show up better yeah. than everyone else because everyone is potentially already, already looking at me mm-hmm. as well. but it's that drive and that pressure yeah right and then that is first of all exhausting and also like 
let's just be honest, any black person who showed up in a professional space is probably ran circles around everybody in that place because they had to. Mm -hmm. And because of those experiences of like, people are already going to come to the table assuming that I'm not good enough. This is a diversity position or um, X, Y, and Z. I've overcome so many things in my life to be here. Oh God, that is the whole other thing of of automatically assuming that all of us are some like charity case from like from like out of a oh and did you have both of your parents growing up? Are your mom and dad still together? Yeah. Uh, oh, and like and like you know your your parents actually like had jobs. Well, yeah, they they got fingers and somebody toes did not too. ask you that. They got fingers and toes too, honey. Like they, they, they didn't know that. <sighs> we wear pants. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Uh, All of those microaggressions of like that you must be a charity case and like that you- But it's just other, like you're different, you're not from you're not like me, yeah. right? You're but not even, even similar. Was, does that make me an other or less than a person? Mm-hmm. Even if I did grow up in that kind of environment in that kind of situation, does that mean Right. Does that say something about my value and my worth? And in many situations, it does. People will outright say that sometimes. People will operate as if that's the case, right? Like, you may not get a job on paper for certain things, right? You can definitely be othered because of your name. It's a whole nother video. Mm -hmm. But people will be like, well, you just, like, weren't weren't the right fit, right? Or you just were not, you know, the best applicant for the job. Or there are people who have those kind of excuses, like, well, if you didn't get hired, you probably weren't X, Y, and Z. Not knowing there's so many invisible things in the background yeah. that people can't really put their finger on about why they didn't hire somebody. Yeah. But we do know mm-hmm. why. Mm-hmm. Or why they were in love with them and then until they got into the interview, they were like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Definitely have been there where people have heard my voice and thought one thing until they saw me. And- hmm. Okay, but listen to this. Do you... um? This is something I'm curious about. I do this. I've known some people to do this as well. Like, how do you show up for an interview versus how do you show up six months into the job? What does your hair look like? What do your outfits look like? How do you talk? So here's the thing. Because, so that's that's two different layers of things. Because do I code switch? 100%. Mm -hmm. I think that, like, we have learned, um, unfortunately, and sometimes fortunately, uh, I don't don't really know, that sometimes that we... This is a survival thing. Yes, yes. That in order to survive, we have to code switch. Um, But also, in the midst of my code switching, there is parts of me that I have learned after years of microaggression after years of me dealing with self-esteem issues and after years of me being scared to show up authentically um, in certain situations because I did not feel like that it was acceptable. There is parts of me now that 100% will go to an interview with braids in my hair and I will go to an interview with bamboo earrings, at least two pair. I will show up in those those situations because I feel like that you're going to get all of this and it does not deem me less professional because of the fact that I show up in this way. And mm-hmm. either you're going to accept it or I don't need to be here. And that that took years. Right. And not everybody can 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 feel like they, uh-huh. like, you know, that they can do that. And does that take longer for the black person versus somebody who's not black? Right? 100%. And like I said, when you're not dealing with those level of microaggressions, you're not beaten down in that way. 
I did go through so many years where I thought that mm-hmm. something was wrong with my hair. I remember being that little girl who was told that my hair looked like pubes when it was curly and I burnt it out and like mm-hmm. tried, tried to straighten it and, right. and all of those things. Like, um, do you, you guys don't wash your hair, do you? Oh my gosh. Yeah, we have had that question. You guys only wash it like oh, once a exactly month. Exactly. How long did it take for those things in your hair mm-hmm. to get Oh my gosh. Hair? I used to have and a coworker every time. How I, long did that take? Oh my gosh. And I could not see myself sitting on the floor for four hours to get my hair done. Really? Like you just sit there and then like it stays up for how long? Oh, that's like weird because I have to wash my hair at least once a week. Okay, Stephanie. But thank you. Do not ask for your opinion. So it's and it's like th- those moments where people don't think that it's a big deal, but if I am the only one, or maybe even like one or two, in the middle of a staff meeting, and then in the middle of a staff meeting, you want to ask me about my hair, like you're putting me on display, like like I'm like this like science experiment in front of the whole thing because now you guys have questions. Now don't get me wrong, I don't mind answering questions. I will educate all day. But not, not right now. But does that contribute to this being a safe space for that person, no. right? Like, does that contribute to, you're different from us, we're going to continue to other yes. you, like, oh my gosh, this is so different, like, tell us more about your kind. Yes. Like, it's, there's no way that we can fit in here and truly are supposed to be here if people are always assuming, oh, you're very different from me. Yeah. And that's what I said, and that's what the hard part, because it does show up as a microaggression but it becomes very much bigger than that when it's something that you're dealing with on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. If you know, and that's and that's also what leads to imposter syndrome and 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 things of that of that nature. Yeah, us even shrinking ourselves because I don't want to have to deal with the fact that I'm going to come into the meeting today and I'm going to hear, oh my gosh. I was always here. It's like getting a new therapist every time because every time you get a new person. Yeah. I didn't even recognize you. Have I met you yet? Because I don't feel like it's always a new person. Right? Oh, are you ready for this one? Oh my, I, I just went to the tanning salon. Like, I'm darker than you now. Baby. How many times? Yes, I've heard that one. Like, we're almost the same skin tone. Mm. Hey. 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 So, yeah. And maybe we'll have to do, like, another video later about why those particular things. Because I think there are, like, well-meaning people who are like, oh, I'm just commenting. Like, I just, I'm just trying to, like, connect with you. How am I supposed to be in contact with someone who's different from me? And, like, we don't talk about things. But, like, there's, there's deeper. That's why I said, I think that, I think that there's deeper a thing. time and a place for different You also need to have a relationship with that person. Yes. Don't. If we're not cool like that, we're not cool If like you don't that, know Gina cool. in the in the break room. Like, y'all not meeting outside of work. Y'all don't really talk like that. You probably don't need to be commenting on, like, how often she washes her hair. You know what I'm saying? And don't touch my hair. (laughs) Don't touch my hair. So I said it. Y'all should just believe her. Just just listen. Yes. Yes. So like I said, I think that there is a time and a place for certain discussions. I think that there's a time and a place because, yes, people need to be educated because some people just do not realize the context and the heaviness of the things that they say to people. So yes, there needs to be an education level on that, but it's not always in every environment, every space. And you need to have, Mm -hmm. you need to have a close enough relationship with these people in order to educate yourself and have these conversations. Right. And if you don't have a couple of people and mind you, I say a couple of people because that's something else that, that bothers me. Don't come to me and tell me that your black friend said that you could say it. I don't know who your black friend is. 
<laughs> but I did not give you permission. Not exposed, not ready for that. Okay. I First of all, that's a whole nother yeah. thing. So you you might need to have a couple, couple, run it by. Yeah, couple the squad. That you need to have this conversation with because once again, we Ugh. cannot be the spokesperson for all black people. That's that's another one. I would hate to be sitting in the meeting and somebody would be like, "Well, black kids struggle with this." Charmaine, what do you think? meeting how many times in class were y'all talking about a diversity topic and they were like oh blah blah this is how it is what do you think everybody's like huh what do you it's, it's your people what do you think i'm like what? i am not the spokesperson for all black people i will never be the spokesperson for all black people how dumb would it sound for me to go to a white person and say how do white folks think you don't know <laughs> I mean, have I asked that question before? Maybe. But again, I have that relationship with people. I'm not just, yes. I'm not going up to somebody off the street and being like, so tell me about like where your family is from and like what's going on here. Like this, that's intrusive. It and is, also, hint, rude. hint, mm, it is rude. Hint, hint, if you're asking a black person uh, or a person of color about their culture, about something sensitive, and they don't want to answer your question or they're dodging it, you're not close enough to them to have that relationship. 100%. Like, that's not a conversation y'all need to be having. That's not what you need to be focusing on with that person. And like you said, there's a time and place for everything. And if people do not feel comfortable having a conversation with you, you might need to find somebody else to talk to about this conversation. Mm -hmm. And it's not their responsibility to teach you. It's not. It is not. Buy a book. Put put that on a book. Yes. Put that on a t-shirt. It's not your responsibility. It's not their responsibility to teach you about them. Yes. The internet works. Beyonce's internet is still going strong. Okay. But <laughs> so. So, so looking at that as a whole and how we look at that is how microaggressions affect affect us as a as a black culture mm-hmm. and, and, and affect our mental health because we're talking about being mentally strong and dealing with our depression and dealing with our anxiety and dealing with that in a culture when we're dealing with constant microaggression mm-hmm. and how hard that is to combat those too. And giving ourselves that space to like just say that it's hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, it is a survival tactic. We have to survive. We have to get jobs. We have to be able to, to go into spaces and feel comfortable. And and part of that is dealing with microaggressions. Mm-hmm. So the thing, like the through line that I'm going to draw to that, and I think it's, it's really me building off of something you said, is that microaggressions and racism as a whole right systemic or you know on the smaller level they prevent people of color from showing up as their authentic self right and if we want to have a community a world full of people who are like living authentically being themselves authentically then racism should be on the agenda right tackling that should absolutely be priority and for us as therapists when we do our work in session that's one of the things that I focus on a lot too of just like okay how do we straddle this line of you need to be in this space, like you have to be here to make money, and also how do we get you closer to your more authentic self, and how that's like a tightrope walk, it's hard, Mm -hmm. which kind of leads me to the next thing of how do we do this, how do you deal with when somebody, um, is is this a word, microaggressive, that's that's the word that I'm going to say, if somebody does that against you, what do you do, like how's, what's the right move, is there a right move? I'm not really sure because my first thought is to literally make a maximum by enemies by enemies necessary. <laughs> like, 
what does that look like in real time? You at the water cooler and Karen is like, oh my it, God. I say it on this, on, <laughs> on this podcast. But, <laughs> but I do feel like that that, you know, then that, then that leads to a whole nother problem because you know that as soon as you say what you want to say, why are they so aggressive? Whole nother issue. Um, so, I think that one of the things too is, is, to, is to not just eat it, but also just to be able to to deal with it and have safe places where you can digest what just happened. Can we? You cannot digest what what was like someone just said to you to like mm-hmm. whether it's with your friends or whether it's in therapy, so that you are not internalizing these things and taking them on because that is what we have talked about, like Ooh. what leads to our own self-esteem issues and our confidence issues and how we show up in spaces because we have internalized all of these microaggressions. Oh, that's a good one. This is not the word of the day. Microaggression is the word of the episode. But what does internalization mean? Like, what what is that really? I think it's like how we take all of the other things that are given to us and then we put them on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. I see that as like um, some kind of um, storage locker or like a bookshelf, right? Of like all these things that happen to you in your life. And internalization is you taking something, maybe something that someone said or an experience and putting that on your shelf, on the inside, right? True or not, but like that's where you put it. Yeah. I like that one. Mm -hmm. Put that in my... I just pulled it out of my brain just now. Never said that before, but cool. There you go. I like that one. Oh, so internalization, that's a big one. Like when they say like internalized racism or like internalized self-hatred. And all of these things. But it's real. And it's also real because it comes from aggressions and microaggressions mm-hmm. and the stereotypes and the things that we live with day in and day out and how those things show up. And then also being able to recognize that these things are 100% affect our mental health and how we deal with life and mm-hmm. how we show up in life. Yeah. I don't know why this is coming up, but like, did you ever hear that story of like the man who finally saw a Band-Aid who was in his, that was in his color shade and he that. cried? Because it was something he didn't even know he needed. The sad thing is that I, I was a full adult before I realized that band-aids were supposed to be our color. I did not know that. Because they never were, though. But I, I oh, just, how, I didn't know it was a thing. how we supposed to know? Yeah, I did not know it was a thing. So, yeah, that's a, that's a mm-hmm. big thing. Or, like, your favorite magazine has all these pictures of beautiful women that are not anybody that looks anywhere near like you or has a hair texture like you. Mm-mm. Body type hair texture oh body type yeah. mm-hmm. we're talking about crowns as a kid now they're doing better nowadays but like i remember when i was a kid we had peaches mm-hmm. and, and we had walnuts like, like that was it like that that was it peach and walnuts <laughs> and you was one or two so it was just like that mm-hmm. that's hard too when you when you don't all i can think about is fashion fair foundation or something Maybe. <laughs> so it's like you know we, you're you're told that you're part of this of this space of this country and like and and, and and all of these things, but you're also not represented. There, nobody's making room for you. Nobody's yeah. thinking about you. Not in their oh, marketing. Yeah, not in their production. Sure, that you have to be separate. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole another can of beans. But, it is. But looking at that whole microaggression, how we deal with that, and how that shows up. Thank you for bringing us back to the topic so, so just being aware mm-hmm. that microaggression does 100 percent affect our mental health it does affect how we show up in spaces and then my jasmine says like being able to be aware of how we internalize that mm-hmm. and how we can work on not yeah. internalizing that so that we can continue to be healthy and continue to be mm-hmm. mentally dope mentally dope
So today was all about microaggressions. You guys, as always, like, subscribe, let us know how we did, and stay mentally dope. Catch y'all next time.